0: Thermal sound wave, wave. Hey. Hey, can you hear us? Yes, I hear you guys. How are you? Oh, it's on now. Oh, we're great. It's we're we're beautiful. We're lovely. You're, you're tuned I in. Is. You're on Thermal sound waves right about now. We have the uh, lovely Najed Nadej Pata.
1: Nudges.
0: Yes. <laughs> say, hold on. Hold on. See, say one more time. See Nadej Nadej. P- Nadej Pata. Yeah, you have to say real fancy. Yes, exactly. Nudges. <laughs> And you you've been known to be fancy, but you're also of the people. Oh, you fancy, huh? Oh,
1: oh, okay. Okay. You're
0: of the, the people though. I you know, I know cause I know you. You but you can oh, be fancy okay. too though. You keeping games, see? You keeping <laughs> game. Is this the interview you can game? Yeah, this
2: this is, this is my homie right here. Okay, she's 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 well spoken for. No, no, wait, her name is Patah. That's that's Peter. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't before it was Peter with, with Oh, this Jesus and them that's the original. That's pa- the
1: original. Wait, Pata Patah is not Peter. <laughs> no,
2: no but where I mean the
0: original. He's he's saying that's where they took Peter from.
2: Yeah.
1: Are you serious? Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Before <laughs> know, it wasn't I, Peter, it was Pata. I know that, um I'm trying
1: to religion on, it I'm sorry. Th- that's where they modeled the Oscar awards from from Pata, if you look at the statue. Oh. Uh it's it stands mm. the same way. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I bl- mm, well, possibly, but also the Oscar come Oscar major. You got to say like you got to like put fancy on well, it.
1: Well, if you google Patab Oscars, you'll see the statue. It's after that um Egyptian model of statue the model itself. Of it. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. But before we go into too too many soundtracks, we're dropping a lot of a lot of knowledge on people right now. But we want to talk about, and we we could definitely get to that. But we want to talk about um, the big film festivals that are coming up in which you are debuting. Parish Blues in Harlem.
1: Yay. (laughs) And see truth is in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did a little cameo in there. (laughs) So so see the
2: movie? (laughs) Yeah, I I came through. Uh, What what about uh, about me? what about me? (laughs) We're all laughing, but I'm I'm really crying inside. (laughs) What about me? Yeah, he
1: made his cameo. He did his thing. He did his thing. He represented well.
2: Tour guide. Tour guide. Y'all, y'all get, yes. to, y'all get to see
0: that.
2: What's it about, like, though? What, what's it about? What's going on? I, I ain't know about this. What's going on? What's, what's this movie about? Ms. Patah? Yeah,
1: yes, say it again.
2: Uh, he, he asked what the movie is about.
1: Oh, okay. Paris Blues is about a young woman who's trying to convince her grandfather to exchange the Harlem Jazz Club for the real estate agent's briefcase with mounds of cash so it deals with um legacy gen- generational differences in the backdrop of gentrification so where he wants to pass on the legacy to her she just wants to just monetize and um she's a millennial just let's just sell it and let's just take that brand and bring it across social media you know
0: give us a bad so
1: that's that's where her connection is in terms of of um people where his is community you know it's just about the the live human being and it you know it's more than just uh um, wanting to take it to branded, but it's more about what he does for the community which is modeled after the uh actual owner of Paris Blues in Harlem, which is Samuel Hargris. So it's loosely based on him. So the only thing that is not true is that he's not losing the club. The club is not struggling financially and he is benefiting from gentrification. So he is one of the oldest, oldest, um, establishment in Harlem since 1969. So 1969. we lost Lennox lounge. So I took the yes. uh, premise of the Lennox lounge and put it in Pratt Paris booth, you know, nice. um, because Lennox Lounge and I, you know, did a couple of re- did research and just read up on it and just the, you know, the whole tragedy of it. Cause I lived two blocks away from Lennox lounge and just to see that whole history. Um, just, yeah, I mean, they're replacing it with the Safara makeup, um, oh, makeup, wow. hair, and beauty. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I mean, initially they said Robert De Niro was going to um open up another club in its space, but now it's, it's, been, it's been demolished and um, they're opening up the Safara makeup. Well, yeah, so that's what it is. It's about because it, I think the his story is rare because. He was a smart businessman. He bought, he owned the club since 1969. It was um, offered to him by a uh, Caucasian um, man who owned the club and was moving to Texas, leaving Harlem. As you know, that shift was happening, of mm-hmm. uh, where the drugs was um, starting oh, to plague the area. Yeah. So. That was the um, smartest thing he could ever have done because not only he owns the club, but he owns the entire residential building and he bought air rights. So his, his, you know, these getting First offers right. like crazy, like 10 million plus. Wow. Um. Yeah.
0: Now, So. You, you also said not only does he own the building and the club, but he has air rights. Explain to everybody it's, what air rights right means.
1: Air rights meaning um, you have... Perch you you are allowed to build up, but you have to buy air rights. So his building, (laughs) I think, is six stories. So it's six stories. So it stops at the sixth floor. But he brought air rights, meaning he can build from the he can add a seventh and eighth and ninth and tenth. I don't know how much of the air rights, which Mm -hmm. is to me, you know how do you buy air? like the same thing, why do you buy water? That's part of nature, right? right? But it is the, I guess, system that we live in this part mm-hmm. of the world that we live in. So he's able to build up so he can actually go beyond the sixth floor of the residential building that he has and he will add more floors to what he has. So meaning the property and the value is going to go even, um, yeah. um, much higher. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. And you you mentioned Lennox Lounge. People Lennox have, Lounge. People, mm-hmm. Yeah, people have no idea the significance Lennox Lounge was as a staple to Harlem. And I just remember doing a, a block party, a block event mm-hmm. on St. Nick, St. Nicholas, mm-hmm. and 125th, between 125th and 126th Street. Mm-hmm. And and there's a store there now. Different store, but before the store was on the corner, it was MNG Soul Food. Cafe. Mm. You would go and buy Soul Food. It's it's matter of fact, that same picture is I believe it's on one of Mace's pictures when he took a picture for one of his albums. I guess we could open up album covers or whatever. Okay. But mm-hmm. the sign is still there. The sign is still there. If you see it, it's a ye- yellow sign with red and green writing MNG. And you just thinking about, like, uh, BJ's, I think, uh, Sports Bar. A lot of these places where a lot of jazz musicians would play at also.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's kind of sad that when a lot of these places go, there's not that much musicians playing anymore. They have, don't no. have a home to go to. You know, people just think about just drinking, whatever. No, musicians would play there, like a live oh. band.
1: Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's so sad because he is a friend of Samuel Hargers and that was one of the um, advice that Samuel gave him is you should own the space. But I, when I read, um, stories that were done on, um, Lennox lounge and th- what what stood out for me is when he stated he owns the name, you have the name, but you don't have the space, mm-hmm. you know, Um, So I think it was also uh, a a shock to the community because everyone assumed for years that he owned the actual club. No one knew. I think a lot of people didn't know. So when uh, it was, um, I guess, first in the first initial stages, threatened of losing the space and then actually losing the space, he just has the name, but he doesn't have the space. But even if he was able to find another space, you cannot, I think um, one of the things they said in the article, is like the souls and the spirit of those jazz legends are there. Like the Billie Holiday room, the exact spot where she sat, um, Mm. where she played, you know? So they call it the Billie Holiday room because that's where she hung out. That's where she sat.
2: That's where, that's where Billie
1: Holiday, you can't, you know, you can't, um, you can't replicate that. You can't replicate that energy that actually existed there, you know? For sure. So that's, that's, that's the that's you know, that's, that's the story of Harlem really. So for Samuel hargris which is rare, who is just sitting on multi, multi-million property and there are, and the jazz music, um, music is amazing, but I think we just know about Lennox Lounge. We don't know about, Paris blues, the Paris blues is very well known in Europe. Mm-hmm. And that has changed because the dynamics of who comes to Paris blues has changed where it used to be. Um, people of, um, when I say of color, black people, but now at night it is nothing but tourists. One night I went and was like a whole team of Asian folks. Um, a lot of Europeans, a lot of Caucasians. I mean, he, it's just like, they fill up that space at night. I would say um, for uh, black people who, who come to back Paris Blue, majority of the time you see them during the day because they're just sitting outside and just talking, you know, like, you know, like the South, you know, people on the porch and having a conversation. Yeah, that's, that's so annoying. that's where you will. Yeah. That, and, you know, he's more than just a, a, a jazz nightclub owner in the band forget it they're fantastic and these are old heads so they're elders but you cannot take away that talent the way they you know the way the band there's different bands every night but he's but his space is also used as a safe haven if somebody wants to drop off a child a baby um politicians come through to uh um have a fundraising party um also he cooked seven days a week and it's from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. free food you don't even have to buy a drink if you don't want to but if you're hungry come and sit down and just have free food from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. in the back it's self-serve yeah the food is free so he's an amazing person and gives back a lot he has toy drives he has um on thanksgiving where there's turkeys and dinners happening for free in that space so he's he's i want his story to really be known not only um nationally but globally but also to take the story and make it into a series where it actually can live forever because you don't know what will happen to the space if you know if once he um once God is ready to uh, say, okay, it's time to join me, what will the children do? Will they sell it? Will they keep it and keep it as this um, viable historical place right. that exists in the community? Because he still has his workers since 40 years, the same people that were there when he <laughs> was open still wow. exist. Of course, some people have passed away, wow. but you know, he has these older, um, his um two Spanish women who are, who are, and then one, another, um, two women from the Caribbean who are like the managers. I mean, they, they hold each other down and that's that generation, which we don't have, not generally cause we're so busy. And then, you know, social media seems to be where people think if there's a real human connection, you know?
0: Right. We're talking to Nadej Patar right here on Thermal Soundwaves, Hadesh. the natural alternative. Bittar. Hit us up 347 454 1258. ThermalSoundwaves hey. at gmail.com. Now, your film, Paris Blues and Harlem, as, as you were just saying, that like it's something that can be an actual precursor to something his own family will have mm-hmm. to think about and go through. So, it, was that something that crossed your mind when you were going through the actual story to put the, the film together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, it tackles generational differences. Like, you know, w- why I I don't want this. You know, let's just cash out. I mean, think about it. If you're if if this is something that somebody um, want to pass down to you to the next generation, and it's being offered for twenty million, mm. and <laughs> so why would you want to just manage it. If they don't, this is probably not something they're passionate about. And I, and my, my, my um, intention for it is like, why don't we have generational wealth in the black community across the board? And that's one of it is because when legacy is passed down to us, either we don't know how to run it. We don't know how to hold on to it. We don't know how to sustain it. We don't mm-hmm. have to build it up. We don't know how to build it up and we just sell or let it go or lose it. And that's it. It ends there, you know? So it's a problem why we can't have legacy, like the Rockefellers and, you know, all these, um, that 1%, even though there's other, (laughs) other truth behind it, but let's, but you can't say a a, a legacy of somebody of Hines or the Hilton, you see how the children are, Continuing the legacy, even though they have their other careers and other lives, they know that it, it, is, it is not something that they're going to sell and just pass on they're because still, it is going to live in the family. Like I sat wow. down with a billionaire. He's from India Four generations. Um, it started with his great, great, great grandfather trading spices to now they're 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 billionaire. And he's 20 something years old. And I said, Wow, he that legacy is passed on to him and his siblings. They are continuing the legacy and, and and outside of their own passion, but it's not they're not thinking about, oh, we don't want it. We we just want to sell it. We don't want to deal with it. No. no, it's it's ingrained in them. Right. Why isn't it ingrained and enough?
0: Before we jump in and just so people can can know, there are examples and stories of people of color that have done that as well to this yeah. day. Yeah. So so people brothers. don't get Absolutely. it. So people don't get it twisted that there are no people of color that have done these particular of things. Course, as
1: yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. just say not a large though, percentage. Right.
2: Oh, yeah. There's not I, enough. I, I do want to say this. When it comes to that, I, I had this conversation with many times, but recent with a uh, woman from Puerto Rico. And mm-hmm. I mentioned to her, I said, you know what? We're living in the death of the bodega. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm going to the bodega right now. Like, no, 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 those are not bodegas. It's like, what do you mean? And not not going against anybody else, but it's Middle Eastern people that's mm-hmm. running these stores. I said, if you look at it, and they're all on code. And I don't mean like, code, like they're against anybody. I'm just saying like somebody made a code, like like code two thirty two thirty-six or whatever, that all the the neighborhood stores are glass from the floor to the ceiling. Before, it was yellow and red shop, bodega shop, and you'll see the yellow panel and then the red panel. No, it's from the floor, the concrete, all the way to the ceiling is straight glass. Now, they'll have like a, a little swing window if you want to buy something on a late night, but they're all on code. I said, what happened to the bodegas of New York? It seemed like, Either the kids felt like this is beneath me to like be in a shop. I want to go get a real job. Not realizing that that is a that's not a job, that's a career. That's something you pass down. Or maybe it's just the family didn't tell them the importance of not mm-hmm. selling. A lot of them probably said, I'm just moving to New Jersey, I'm moving out of state, whatever. I got the story, it's just a dumb story anyway. Ain't no money out of it. Now, the people that have it now. There's like 40 stores on like one block. And they all tell you, if I don't got it, go over there. Go over there, go over there, go. And now they, you will not, You it's so hard seeing somebody trying to get into that business and survive. Because you have to deal with other people, which is fine. But it's like, mm-hmm. what made, what happened? Was it the kids that felt like this was too beneath them or the parents didn't show them the importance of holding on to this? And how much money that could be made. Because obviously the parents didn't didn't really understand technology back then. But the amount of stuff you can sell now and bring to your store, you can make a lot more money than what your parents made before. But you don't have the store anymore. And it's just like, like, what happened? Nobody's really explained that. Well, they don't
1: start them young. And this is something that uh, right. I would have to say happens in the Jewish community, where two years old, you're sitting at the table, yes. <laughs> yeah. learning. You're learning about stocks. Yeah, the child's moving around, but they're hearing it. Well, they're hearing their, the, the the parents having the conversations, and as they're um, you know uh, dealing with the financials, they're they're there. They're involved. We're so. I think I want to say caught up in the survival mode of things that we don't involve, um, um, our children as young as possible in what we're building and what the, um, legacy means and what is going to be passed on to you. So in fairness, it, um, when you want to pass it to the next generation, they don't know how to run it because they were never involved, you know,
0: And then you have a lot of, uh, sorry, you have a lot of fracturing that goes on, too. Like you talk about legacy. There's a lot of people who don't know their legacy. You have a lot of people who come from broken legacies. So it's like, what are they really looking at? And then from the outside, you have reinforced, reinforced images and concepts and ideas that are pushed to you to take you and move you away from that.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So it becomes a burden, you know. There, so this is yours, take it. Um, you know, run the business, but you don't know where to begin and how to begin. And, you know, that's, I think that's something that we have to explore. Like, how are we training um, the, the next generation? Next generation. If you are building a legacy, if you are building a business, you want them to take it to the next level is that, you know, they have to be involved in it.
2: There's many people I know that are in positions of power, of just different fields of business, mm-hmm. and they feel like they cannot pass it on because they're looking mm-hmm. at the youth now and they say, wait a minute, y'all, you're not understanding. It's not really just about, you know, buying a car and, you know, and jewelry and material things. Cause once that goes, it's like, that's it. And they feel like a lot mm-hmm. of people just or just, you know, you're on some medication <laughs> that you mm-hmm. were doing and it's yeah, like yeah. they're looking like we want to give it to you. I had this conversation. But, I was in a,
1: but there's I was some in a meeting. Pathology. Where,
2: yeah, I was mm-hmm. in a meeting where uh not too many people could come into meetings like that. And I understood it and I was included. And, and you know, inside I'm like, oh wow, I'm here. You know, inside, but outside I'm like, okay, yes, I'm supposed to be here. But mm-hmm. I realized that and I had this matter of fact, I talked with our guy Lowe's about that. He was like, you know what, a lot of our people, and he's talking about from the music business side, we can't give it to anybody else because you're gonna just mess it up. You don't want to learn. But but that's mm-hmm. that's
0: why you have to start academies and you have to start schools that will mm-hmm. build young people from the ground up so that when they're ready, and you're ready to give it to them, you have your your outlet. Okay, boom, X, Y, Z here. We know he went through this program that we set up. He's ready to go. She's ready to go.
2: Let's bring them in. Let's let's Wasn't do it. Wasn't Joe Canada or the guy, Mr. Canada from Harlem, doing stuff like that before?
0: He was doing something like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He he was one of the like people who as soon as your baby comes out the womb, doing like, academies like that with the baby, and, and that's what you have to do. Like you can't just say and. In a lot of cases, that is true. Where people are like, "Oh, we can't give it to you," but we have to start institutions and academies where we are teaching, like you said, Nadege, young kids like business, like from from the ground up, so that when they are old enough and they're already ready, because they've already been through it.
2: Yeah, people feel it's so exactly. silly to do like on job training or work for free. Like I'm not working for you for free, walking around you for free. Like the amount of experience, if you're just starting out, even if you're not just starting out, depending on what you're doing. Right, the amount of mm-hmm. experience you can get from that is ridiculous. I see Invaluable. people say, "I won't put on a concert." Not have you ever did a concert before? Been with people, been around them? No, it's, it's it ain't it ain't nothing's easy. No, it's not easy. It really. You was there at the concert that I've, we did. I've, I've been to many concerts, and you behind see this, like behind
0: the scenes, and I know what goes on, but you have to be there to see that. In order to get an idea of how to do that, which is why when you want to do something, you need to somehow get there to see
2: how it all works. Carry somebody's bags. Exactly. Exactly. Carry somebody's coffee. Exactly. Don't feel like you're a lackey or you're just beneath you. Like, no. If you want to act, Mm
0: -hmm. then be behind the scenes and and learn what goes on to people that are making the film. Like, what goes into that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: Can I get you you something? Be on set. Be a PA. Like, you know, You you got to do these things. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I've gotten shoe shined
2: before. (laughs) Yeah, And I feel like, oh, you know, in my head, I'm like, I hate you. Get your shoe shined. I've got magazines for people before, like certain magazines, like, what? I'm getting this magazine for this person? And then I'm like, okay, but whoa, I learned that over there. I'm in your office now. Right.
0: You get an appreciation for things because you see how the actual food is made you see how the ingredients come together Mm -hmm. and this is Mm -hmm. what we have in the dish
1: and it it doesn't become a burden or scared you know right um you know the the the, you know you're scared because you fear you may fail at this and it's all overwhelming you know so it's it's a lot of factors a lot of variables that plays into um us in particularly um yeah you are right there's not there are um, a few who do have legacy that pass on that global. But we haven't really reached that that Heinz, that Rockefeller type of legacy. Yeah, uh, not enough. Yeah, wealth. Wealth, let's just put it. We haven't reached wealth, you know? Right. We
0: not, will. not not enough. We don't have enough of that. Where it's second nature. Where it's like just, oh, yeah, we, we do that like it's nothing. We do that all the time. Yeah. Like that's that's oh, what absolutely. it needs to become. It's
2: absolutely.
0: just part of our everyday routine. Mhm.
1: Yeah, but like um somebody you made the point that was made is about this also, ooh, I don't trust that I should give it because that person may have um some issues, you know. Uh, whether it's a pathology or whether it's just they don't feel as irresponsible because of the dysfunction there are this, we have to admit there's dysfunction because there's a lot of dysfunction right. that exists you know yeah the fracture exactly Definitely. i like that word
0: fracture.
1: <laughs> i <laughs> like it over dysfunction
0: <laughs> we talked in the Patel filmmaker actress yeah. her film is called parish blues and harlem is making the rounds around all the film festivals and next up is going to be in the black star film festival out in philadelphia pennsylvania at the light box film center make sure you'll check it out august 2nd if you're going to be in the philadelphia area you need to definitely um go and check that out go to blackstarfest.org to get uh-huh. your tickets and get more information as far as that goes and um after that it's actually coming to harlem on august uh-huh. 4th at the National Black Theater for the Hip Hop Film Festival.
2: Oh, really? Yes.
0: So tell yes, everybody right. about that whole uh, situation. Being in Harlem, Sitting. screening in Harlem, and it's Paris Blues in Harlem. Let everybody know about that, that whole situation. I'm
1: excited about it um, because uh, it's uh, the Hip Hop Film Festival, and we know not hip hop is, uh, a cultural institution. It's about a culture and the fact that it's situated here in Harlem, it is the Harlem debut and the, and New York debut. Cause we've been screening a lot out of state from Alabama to Boston. We're getting ready to go to Atlanta, Atlanta, August 22nd to the 26th. We got into a festival there. Um, So to have a New York debut in Harlem that's exciting for the Hip Hop Film Festival, which is an international film festival um, that not only um, have a festival that screens in New York, but they just came back from Kenya to do a Uh hip hop film festival there. They're planning to do other countries like Russia, um, Europe, Africa, um, because hip hop has. Is everywhere, you know. So, how was your
2: experience with hip with the hip hop event in Kenya?
1: Oh, I don't know. I just saw she posted online. Oh, and I said, "Wow, that's that was great." Because she uh, she selected filmmakers there, and they went and and did a hip hop, um, hip hop film festival at Kenya. You know, so I just said, "Oh, well, that's cool." So one of the things that's also good about this festival is not just your film screen for the festival and it's over. Goodbye. We love you. Keep it moving. But, uh, they do screen, um, for other, uh, other events and as well as keeping the, uh, the filmmakers stories alive. So there were some films that screened previously at the hip hop film festival that screened in Kenya.
2: Nice. Nice. And how can people get in contact with you? want Say it again. How can people get in contact with you? They just want to learn from you, not just you know book you, which is great. <laughs> you know, book book her, please book her. But also know, learn from <laughs> you as well.
1: Um, you can um, like Facebook fan page Paris Blues in Harlem. Don't just put Paris Blues because there is a Paris Blues fan page and there's a Paris Blues in Harlem fan page, and then also my um, social media. You can find me on Facebook at Nadej Patah, which is N as in Nancy, A as an Apple, D as in David, H is in Henry, E is in Eagle, G is in Good, is an in Eagle. That's Nadej. And then the last name is Patah, P is in Paul, T as in Tom, A as in Apple, H is in Henry. You can find me through social media by that name and Paris Blues in Harlem. Um, on Facebook, Paris Blues, the film, and Instagram, Paris Blues in Harlem.
0: Beautiful. Excellent. Make sure mm-hmm. everybody go out and check out Paris Blues in Harlem. It's screening at a film festival near you. If you're not in Philly, if you're not in New York, if you're not in Atlanta, it's going to be in a city near you if it hasn't already been there. So definitely to keep up with everything, Paris blues film make sure you check it out all over social media the website to find out where it's going to be screening uh near you definitely something to see something to get involved with and something that's now it's it's a story that's happening now it's not something that's like years ago it's it's a very modern story that you need to check out and see and it does affect a lot of you some of you probably thinking well i really have any it does affect you in some way I got one last question. Everybody has that local spot that they all yes. grew up on? Yes. Yes. That they know and then just think about what would happen if that spot wasn't there anymore. Think about that. Go ahead.
2: Now, the question I have for you uh your your background. What's what is your uh spiritual, religious, mathematics, what's your background?
1: What is my um
2: spiritual belief? Correct. Cuz you you use a um, certain term and you use it a couple of times. I'm like, okay, you know, is she? What uh... term?
1: What term did I use? And it's, it's not a bad term.
2: It's not. A, it's not a, a lot of people may not know it's not a bad term, but certain people that use that term, they follow a okay. certain code. Okay. Okay. Uh, use oh, term Caucasian uh, instead of saying oh, white, and let oh. people know why do you use Caucasian instead of saying white?
1: Um, it varies. I switch up. I switch up. Um, you
2: rock the fez. You know. You down with the fez.
1: I'll, I'll say white, I'll say Caucasian. It'll depend. Um, um, I, I use both just like I'll use black or I'll use African American. Mm-hmm. Um, I might use black more often because, uh, there are people who are black, but they're not African American cause they weren't born here, you know? So sometimes it excludes those who were, um, from other, African diaspora, but they are here, you know, they're not American born. So, um, I, it's, it's not anything that I'm tied to. I'll say Caucasian, I'll say white, I'll say black, I'll say African American and so on. My religious beliefs, I don't tie to a certain religion. I am, I would say I'm spiritual. I think, um, uh, that's where I, um, my philosophy too. you know the reason although, why I I, uh, although I although I went to Catholic school for 8 years <laughs>
2: ok ok I, when I hear that term usually it's from uh, people that rock the 7 the Fez and they mention white because white oh, doesn't okay. mean white okay. person it means pure
1: ok pure hearted
2: okay. that's why they use this term more Caucasian
1: Oh, got it. Yeah, it's just different so, meanings
2: to it, and you know, sometimes I'm around and it, it rubs off on me too. And I, I have an understanding of it, and so yeah, it's not a disrespectful know. to anybody that is uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Caucasian. If I say Caucasian, might. Mm-hmm. they might call me Caucasian mm-hmm. or white, because I know some people are black. Call this of white for mm-hmm. that term, you know? Okay, that's why. No, I,
1: I wasn't aware, but thanks for educating me.
2: Oh, hey, listen, each one teach one. <laughs> right? <laughs> we want to thank you for being on the program. Thank you for your information. Oh, thank you. And everything thank you're doing. Thank you
1: so much. I oh. always hope you enjoy you guys. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Keep up the good work. And I'm definitely thank looking for this to be uh, a series and continue with that that whole story and create a, a whole legacy of its own. Do I to yes, send an email? Yeah, it's going to be
1: like, yeah, the, we, you know, capturing it visually and, you know, have, I think that lives on. Forever, because, you know, we don't know what will happen to a physical space and what the family dynamics are and what they'll do with it. But I think um, giving it uh, a visual uh, display that it could, you know, help uh, be a part of the uh, American culture, like, you know, the Cheers of Harlem, pirates <laughs> of in Harlem. You know, I think all the stories that can come out of there that exist in Harlem.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And when I come yes. through, I just want my ginger beer lined
2: up for That's
1: me. That's it. <laughs> just,
0: just
2: line up my ginger beer. Do I need air rights to be in the next, <laughs> you know, projects? <laughs> I probably need air rights to be in the next project, right? You know what I mean? Because you just go forget about me,
1: right? Is there a casting
2: couch. Cast? I'm not doing no casting. I'm not. Listen, I'm Kev Lawrence. I come true. Yeah. I just come true. <laughs> Cameo appearance, Kev Lawrence. <laughs> I come true. Now nah, shout mm-hmm. out to you appreciate
1: you for everything okay. and all that okay
2: okay all right definitely thanks
0: thanks a lot sis
1: okay thank you so much you guys
0: hi right, take care bye-bye.
1: Uh,
2: all right
0: peace 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 and bye-bye. it's thermal sound waves a natural alternative hey, to fast food radio thermal sound wave wave